we pray that the Word of God will come alive in your heart as you listen. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 6, this is a verse that God has really spoken to me, and I've used it thousands of times. It says, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. Lugamba nti kalenga bwe mwawe bwa Kristu Yesu mukamafe mutambulenga bwe mutyo muye. That means that the same way you receive salvation is the same way you receive healing. Ah wanabategeza nti engeri jofunamu obulokozi yengeri yemu jofunamu okwonyezebwa prosperity, deliverance, joy, peace. Okula akulana esanyu emirembe okweyongera yongera direction everything else. Okulungamizibwa how did you receive salvation? We sang this song, Just As I Am, Without One Plea. Faith was totally in Jesus. And if somebody would have said, but you've committed adultery. That wouldn't keep you from being saved. That would, that would drive you even further. You'd say, that's the reason I need salvation. Oh, Jesus, forgive me, and you wouldn't let your sin stop you from believing and receiving salvation. But once you get born again, just have a little bit of an argument. Just don't read your daily Bible readings. Just don't do something right. And now God's liable to let you die of cancer. He's liable to let your marriage fall apart. Party's liable to let your business collapse. And you be homeless because you haven't been studying the Bible. Can you see that that's not the same thing? Again, Colossians 2, 6, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. We tell people that it's by grace you're saved but it's by works. And performance that you maintain your relationship with God. That is not the gospel. Man, that is powerful right there. If you understand what I'm saying, this should be answering questions for you. It should be explaining to you why it was so easy to get born again. And it's so hard to get healed. It's so hard to have joy. It's so hard to hear the voice of God. It's because you got saved by grace. But you are trying to receive from God now that you're a Christian by works. You need to go back and do the same thing that you used to receive salvation. And just put your faith in what Jesus did for you and not try and be worthy and earn the blessing of God. In verse 10, it says, For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, not by your good works, not because you had made a bargain with God and promised you'd do this. You were reconciled to God by the death of His Son. It was what Jesus did for you. Tulirokoka oluoburamu uwe. Walaba alwana agamanti tuata baganyizibwa 
nekatonda olwokufa kwa mwana we so sebikolwa not what you did for him era sebebi wamukolera gwe then it says much more being reconciled we shall be saved by his life chuvala bagamanti kakano ngawe tabaganyizidwa tulirokoka olwobulamuwe not by your holiness you don't get saved by grace and then maintained by works. It's the same thing. It's putting faith in God's grace not only for salvation but for everything else in the Christian life. In verse 11, not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Man, the atonement is talking about the sacrifice of Jesus and everything he purchased and it says we have now received it. The average Christian believes that it no, it's pie in the sky. By and by. But the truth is it's steak on the plate while you wait. Amen. You can have a victorious, joyful life. Right now, you don't have to wait to heaven. Heaven is going to be a blast. I'm I'm not trying to minimize it. But it's not just trudging through this world and suffering and barely limping into heaven. You can be more than conquerors. We have already received the atonement. It's done, but you've got to start putting faith in what Jesus did and not faith in yourself. In order to see that manifest in your life. And boy, here's some verses that I've got an entire teaching on this. I think it's six teaching CDs entitled The True Nature of God and it it just takes these verses right here and amplifies them. This this is foundation. I call it Christianity 101. It is basic Christianity explaining the harshness of the Old Testament with the grace of the New Testament and showing you what the true nature of God was through all of this. So in verse 12 it says, Wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. Did you know that this verse, again, I could spend an hour or two on this because this is contrary to what the average person believes and even the average Christian does not believe this. This is saying by one man sin entered the world and death passed upon all men through that one man. 
munsi atera no kufa ne kugenda ne kubuna mu bantu bonna olwo omuntu oyomu you know who that's talking about adam omuntu oyomu gwe bogera kawo omumanyi ye adam you did not make yourself a sinner wait you were born a sinner and your actions of sin the things you did that were wrong that's not what made you a sinner you were you committed those acts of sin because it was your nature you were born a sinner like i said i could spend a lot of time on this i'm trying to hurry through it but let me just turn over and read a couple of things out of Ephesians chapter 2. In verse 1 it says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. A lot of people think, no, I wasn't dead. I was just lame. I was just wounded, but I wasn't as bad as somebody else. No, we were all dead, separated from God through trespasses and sins. In verse 2, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Did you know that this is so offensive to people today? And they think, man, I didn't have a spirit. I wasn't demon possessed. I didn't have the devil working in me. I just, you know, got born again, but I wasn't bad. This says that if a person isn't born again, you have a spirit of disobedience working on the inside of you. And in verse 3 it says, Among whom we also all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. You were born with a nature that was separated from God, the nature of the devil. You do not have to teach a one-year-old to be selfish, to lie. To, to be mean, to, you know, do all of these things. It's their nature. We've actually got to teach our children that no, you cannot act this way. If if you leave a child of themselves, I guarantee you they will be a mean, bitter, angry, selfish. Person, they aren't nature, they aren't sweet. We talk about how sweet they are, but again, if you really look underneath the surface, they have a nature that's of the devil. You are born with a sin nature, and we go astray from the womb, and we need to have our nature changed. Now, 
That's what this is talking about. Through Adam, through one man. Sin entered into the world. We were all born sinners, and it was not our actions that made us a sinner. We were born sinners, and we acted in sin because that was our nature. And we have to be born again and get a new nature. And then it says in verse 13, this is a parenthetical phrase. It says, for until the law. Sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. I tell you what, this verse, I remember where I was when God showed this to me, and I was thinking, what does this mean that sin isn't imputed when there is no law? Because see, I, and again, I don't want to spend my whole time. I've got over six hours, probably seven or eight hours worth of teaching that goes into depth on this. But I was, I was taught that when Adam and Eve sinned, immediately God kicked them out of the garden because God was holy, man was unholy, there was a separation. And holy God could have nothing to do with unholy man. And this is saying that no, until the law, that was 2,000 years after the fall of Adam and Eve, God wasn't imputing man's sins unto them. The word impute means it's actually an accounting term that had to do with writing it on the books, re- recording a debt that you owed somebody. And it's saying that God didn't record our sin against us. Today, we could use things like a credit card. To say that when you give a person a credit card, you don't actually pay for that thing the moment you give them the credit card. But that credit card has a metallic strip on it that has some information about you on there. And you get that debt imputed unto you. It's not paid for yet, it's just put on the books. And then they send that bill to your credit card company, and your credit card company bills you. If you think you paid for it because you said, hey, I've already given them my credit card. No, you didn't pay for it. You just had it imputed to you. And if you don't believe that, refuse to pay the statement that your credit card company sends you. And see if they will think that you've already paid for it. You don't pay for it. When you use a credit card, you just get it imputed unto you. So this is saying that prior to the time that the law was given, God wasn't imputing, holding man's sins against them. He 
kati wano chaga mantino nga eteka tedinawe wakatonda litabalida chibicho na he wasn't recording it he was dealing with people in mercy chategeza antiriyali tagaba wandika chibicha muntu kulinyali ya muntu wabula ya kolanga no muntu but again, I thought that no, he immediately rejected Adam and Eve. But if you read, in, and again, I hadn't got time to teach this whole. Thing that's in this series that I've got entitled The Nature of God. But if you read Genesis chapter 4, God was still walking and talking with man. He gave them revelation. He did, he separated them from the tree of life. Because he didn't want them living forever in a fallen, corrupted body. Think of what it would be like to be a thousand, two thousand years old. And be deformed through sickness and disease and have pain and all of this. For the, the Lord had a better plan that through Jesus we could be born again and then we could go to heaven and receive a glorified body. And the Lord did not want us living forever in a fallen state. So he separated us from the tree of life, not out of punishment, but out of mercy and love for us. And he was still merciful to people. But eventually men took God's lack of judgment. Upon our sins as approval. And acceptance. And you can see this right in the fourth chapter of the book of Genesis. Is that Cain's great, great, great grandson, who was named Lamech, he killed a man in self defense. And God had protected Cain, who killed his brother Abel. And put a mark on him so that if anybody killed Cain, God would avenge him sevenfold. Well, Lamech killed a man in self-defense, and he came along and says, if God is going to avenge Cain sevenfold, he will avenge Lamech seventy and sevenfold. And because he felt more justified in what he had done than what Cain was. But what was wrong with that thinking is God didn't say that. He was just supposing this. He assumed that he was more justified, so God was going to be for him. And so people got to where they would kill people. They were living in adultery. They were having multiple wives. They were on and on. And eventually, God had to give the law, not because that was his first thing. If it would have been his first response, he would have given the law to Adam and Eve. In the Garden of Eden, and it started from the beginning. 
But no, he waited 2,000 years to give the law because that was not his first way of dealing with sin. He wanted to deal with us in mercy and in grace. This is radical. Again, I was taught, and I believe most Christians are taught, that the moment Adam and Eve sinned from that time on, God was holding sins against us. He was judging us. He was harsh. But the scriptures reveal that until the law, nearly 2,000 years, God did not impute people's sins unto them. And since the time of Jesus, Jesus is not imputing men's sins unto them. So it's been approximately 6,000 years since the fall of Adam and Eve. And only 2,000 of those 6,000 years has the law been imputing man's sins unto them. And yet the average person has a concept of God through the law as being harsh, judgmental, restrictive, punitive. Because of the law. And yet that's only one third of the time was the law used two thirds of the time God has been merciful and you can see it in the ministry of Jesus where he took a woman taken in the very act of adultery that according to the law had to be stoned to death this is in John chapter 8 and he extended mercy and says I don't condemn you and he let her go he didn't say it wasn't sin now see there are people that will misunderstand this and say well God now is just easy on sin no, God hates sin, but He placed the judgment for our sin upon Jesus. Sin has been paid for. God hadn't changed His opinion about sin. He just has placed the punishment for our sin upon Jesus. And he's not giving us what we deserve. People misunderstand this. In verse 14, it says, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude, or in the same way that Adam sinned, who is the figure of him that was to come. You know what this is talking about? The 13th verse just said that until the law, sin was not imputed. That means it wasn't recorded. It wasn't held against us. Well, does that mean that, well, the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23? So does that mean that people just were living and that there was no death? No, because here's the way I explain it. Sin not only had a vertical effect, it was 
was a transgression between us and God. But sin also had a horizontal effect. Sin gave people, it offended people and caused people to hurt you and primarily it gave Satan. An inroad into your life. Romans 6 15, uh, Romans 6.16 says, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves, servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. When you yield to sin, it's not only a transgression against God, but it's also an inroad of Satan into your life. And so, even though God wasn't imputing people's sin, even though God wasn't judging their sins, Satan was gaining access to people through sin. And sin was destroying the human race. Methuselah lived to be 969 years old. Masuseda yabera wo emyaka lwenda nkaga mumwenda but 1656 years after the fall of Adam is when the flood came na yatuluvanyuma lwe myaka lukaga atano mumukaga amatabagali okegaje and right after the flood people's lifespan began to decrease to 400 years 300 na matabanga gamaze okubawo a emyaka jabantu jakka dalanyo Years Abraham, who is only, uh, I forget the exact figure now. But I think it was 300 years after the flood. Something like that. Abraham, was, it says he died in a ripe old age. Being 175 years old. And of course, uh, in Psalms chapter 90, it says, Moses was writing, he says, the days of a man's life will be three score and ten, seventy years. Musa ye gamantino emiaka jomu Or by reason of strength, you can extend it to eighty. Man's life began to decrease because Satan was gaining access through sin. And so people still died. That's what it's saying. Nevertheless, death reigned to Adam. From Adam to Moses, before the law was given, because even though God wasn't bringing his judgment on it, Satan was destroying the human race. And so God had to put some limit on sin. The answer to that was the law. And the law was only temporary until Jesus could come and pay for our sins and wipe it out. And now we don't relate to God by the law anymore. And in verse 15, from verse 15 all the way through the end, of Romans chapter 5, the Lord uses a series of comparisons. And sometimes it's an opposite comparison. It says it's the opposite of what happened that Adam, from one man, death went unto all. 
But now through Jesus, one man, life goes unto all. It's similar, but it's in the opposite direction. And what he does is make five different comparisons. And let me just say this before I get into reading these verses. That I remember when God revealed this to me. I remember the day like it was yesterday. And I had had a friend who was trying to tell me these things about that God loves me not based on how good I am but just because of the goodness of God and it's my faith in Jesus. And he loves me and I'm accepted with him and I'm righteous. He was saying these things to me, but boy, it was hard on my religious mind. To embrace that. And he took me to a Bible study. And this is when I was still in the Baptist church. And this Bible study was being run by a woman. And right there, my Baptist background taught me that a woman could teach little children. Or something like that, but a woman had no business teaching a man. Which I don't believe is correct at all, but that's what I was taught. So when I went to this Bible study, I was offended the very first thing. To see a woman teaching the Bible study, but I held my peace and didn't say anything. And then there were hippies in there. Which the Baptist church that I came out of, if your hair touched your collar, you went directly to hell. You did not pass go. You didn't get $200. It was the unpardonable sin. And you could not be a hippie. You couldn't have that lifestyle. And stuff. And there were just hippies all in this place. And again, I was offended, but I didn't say anything. And I was trying to extend grace towards them thinking these people need to be born again. But what really got me was these hippies started talking about that they were righteous. That they were the righteousness of God that they were clean and pure. And you know what? I was willing to extend grace to them if they would just admit that they were a sinner and say, you know what? God wants to forgive you but when they started claiming that they were in right standing with God and yet they had long hair and they were dressed weird they weren't observing all of the norms 
of society. When I saw that, man, I just couldn't put up with it. So I spoke up and I quoted my couple of scriptures, uh, Isaiah chapter uh, 64, verse 6. All of our righteousness is like filthy rags. There is none righteous, no, not one. All of sin and come short of the glory of God. And I just blasted him. I said, man, you all are, aren't righteous. You are unrighteous. And instead of them responding in anger, which is what I expected, did you know that they responded in love? And Jesus said, you will know that they are my disciples by your love. One for another. And so that really put me back on my heels. To see that they didn't get into strife, but they loved me. And they started quoting scriptures about being the righteousness of God independent of actions but a faith righteousness not a works righteousness they began to start quoting scriptures and they had 10 scriptures for every one that I had quoted that says they were unrighteous they had 10 scriptures saying they were righteous and it just stopped me I didn't have an answer for them I didn't agree with them but I left that place and I went home and I bought a, uh, a Young's Analytical Concordance and I looked up every time in the Bible that the word righteous righteousness righteousnesses was used and there's thousands of them and this is back before we had computers this was probably in 1971 or 72, something like that. And I wrote out on a legal pad every scripture I went through and I spent a week. Fasting and praying and studying the word 15 hours a day. Writing out every time in the Bible that the word righteousness was used. And at the end of that week, I was just convinced because of what the Bible said that through Jesus we were righteous. It says in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 I believe it's verse 30 that Jesus is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Jesus is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. 
n'okununurwa. And for me to say that all my righteousness is as filthy rags, I had to either be talking about self-righteousness. Katinzo kusobolo kugama antino butukirivu wange wali nzinezu kongede na linjo gira kubutukirivu wange nganzo muntu. What I do on my own. Echo chenko la kuluwa ngenze. But if I was talking about my born again person. Na yate singan na linjo gira kunze e yazali wubuja. My spirit, if I called my spirit righteousness a filthy rags. Singa kati nari njogera kumoyo wange yazali wubuja ngangamba antikati yoyo nzinezu kongede. That was being insulted Jesus because he is my right. Echo chandi bade chifumeri kristu kubanga kristu webutukirivu wange. I saw these things. Binobyo nana bidaba. And even though I saw it, I just couldn't embrace it because it was so contrary to everything that I'd been taught. Nene wankubadenti nari nabidaba. And after a week of fasting and praying and studying all of these things, I came to Romans chapter 5. These verses and these five comparisons that were made. It just pushed me over the top. It's where I finally ran up my white flag and said, I surrender. I don't understand it. I don't know how God can love me and count me righteous, but the word says, I am the righteousness of God. And these are the verses that just establish that in me. Right here in Romans chapter 5, in verse 15, he says, But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. In other words, this is saying that it's comparable to the way that sin entered the world through Adam. But it's in the opposite direction. Through Adam, everybody moved this direction towards sin. Through Jesus, everybody moves this direction towards righteousness. So he says, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, many be dead. Much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. Now see, this just really was powerful to me because I was steeped in the fact that we were born sinners. I knew that I was born with a sin nature. I had accepted that. I had no qualms, no questions with that. This is saying that in the same way as you were born with a sin nature, when you got born again, you were born again with the righteous nature. You are in right standing with God. Now it's like a coin. If you're going to accept that the heads is real, well then you're going to have to accept that the tails is real. Yeah, I mean, if one side is real, well then the other side has to be real. 
Bobo kiliza saidi erike ngari nti ntufu chimanyeti oinano kukiliza saidi yenga bontina yon ntufu You can't just accept one side of this Tosumala kukiliza bukiliza saidi emwe yachino This is saying that if you accept that you were born a sinner then you Wano wagamba nti wobo kiliza nti wazali wangu olimono nyi You have to accept that you are born again Righteous. O take a dog a roku kiriza nti bolokoka ozaliwa buja atera ozaliwa olimutu kiriva. I didn't understand that, but I could see the comparison and I could see the point that was being made. Chino nalisa chitegeiro wachikola chitiana yati nalinda bensonga eyaliye yogeru wako wano. And I had to say, well, God, it must be so. No Rachel's in that gamba bugambi, mm, katondo, chiso wukokubanga chitiwechi. Then it says the same thing in just different words in the next verse. Kati aida ayogira chigambo chechimuna yenga chusidwa bigambo mnunyinyoru dako. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one, the condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses under justification. Rekumino mukaga gamanti era echirabe chobuwa techifanana nechava mukonona okomu tuomu kubanga omusango guava muchibie chimu kwale to kusingi womusango na ye chirabe chobuwa echiva mukono no kunji chire to kujibwa komusango. I had accepted that I had judgment come on me through Adam. Nalina chikiriza nti wali womusango gugenda okunsalirwa okuva ku Adam. Well if I accept that then I have to accept it through Jesus. Echo singa chikiriza era nino kukiriza nti okuyita mu Yesu. Now this free gift has come upon me in spite of my many offenses. Kati echirabo echobuwa chimazo kumpewa wakati wokonona kwangu kunji. Man, that's just simple. Echundo katibane echiringe changu wechitio. In verse 17, for if by one man's offense, talking about Adam. Katimuleku minomu samfu wagama antikuba obango wokonona kuomu ntu omu wanayogira ku Adam. Death reigned by one. Okufaku afuga kubomu. Death reigned in your life and in my life. Not because of what we had done individually, but because Adam set this whole thing into motion. We all were born with a sinful nature. And death was reigning in us because we were separated from God. Tukirizanti owele duwa nyo mkisa okuita mkisomese wakuno. Wabango ya gara tusabeko na awe, oboli na echibu uzocho na, oboli nobu judizi kwecho katonda chakozo kuita kuprogramu eno. Tukubile koo kunamba za simu zino wa manga. 0-0-0-3-3-0-0-0-0. Ngambie, eri 0-0-0-3-3-0-0-0-0. Oba, 0-musambu-musambu-munana, atano-mutano, nkaga-mutano, nsambu. Ngambie, 0-musambu-musambu-munana, atano-mutano, nkaga-mutano, nsambu. Kuluo kwa gala kwa katondo kutaliko komojoli, tuogiru mkisa kwa katonda, Tuogere nkula akulana ila tuogere ukunye zewa mulinyari ya mkama fe yesu. Owele duanyo omkisa.